we just thank God for this opportunity to be able to come before his presence with praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Glory. Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to go this, do a little praise and a little bit of Caribbean style. Come on, get with us. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Woo. Put a little pep in your step. Come on.
to my sorrow, goodbye to my trouble, goodbye to my pain, goodbye to my pain, goodbye fear, you're not welcome here, goodbye fear, cause you're not welcome here, so long, so long, so long, you Yes, 
is right. He made our life right because he gave up his life. And because of that, he deserves every bit of our praise, every one of our hallelujahs, every one of our screams, every one of our yells. He deserves it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship with us as we sing. You deserve it. Sing with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Here we go. Here we go, listen. My hallelujah belongs to you. Yes, it does. Thank you, Jesus. My hallelujah belongs to you. Thank you, God. My hallelujah belongs to you. Oh, yes, it does. My hallelujah belongs to you. And this is why. Because you deserve it, yeah.
on, sing with me. My hallelujah, sing. My hallelujah. Oh, you sound beautiful. Come on and worship, y'all. Come on and worship. My hallelujah. Let's tell them why. Come on, y'all. You deserve it. Oh, yeah. Cry out to the Lord. Hallelujah. You deserve it. Yes. Hallelujah. You deserve it. You deserve it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You deserve it. You deserve it, Jesus. Every one of my hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. When you think about everything that we've been through in this life, you think about all the big problems, all the small problems. God deserves all the praise because he brought us through. Hallelujah. He deserves all the praise because he lifted us up from the miry clay. Hallelujah. Place us on a solid rock to stay. Hallelujah. He deserves all the praise. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sing hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say all the honor. All the glory. All the praise. Sing, y'all. Sing. All of the glory Sing, sing, sing Nobody deserves the praise like you, Jesus <laughs> Hallelujah Nobody deserves it Nobody deserves it Hallelujah One more time all of the glory, all the glory, my hallelujah, hallelujah. All of the glory belongs to hallelujah. Let's give God a praise, y'all. Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Hallelujah. Come on, he deserves our praise on today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Our God is so worthy. He is so worthy. When you think about everything that he has redeemed you from, you're worthy, God. You're worthy, Father. You deserve the glory. You deserve the praise. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. Come on, let's just lift up his name. Let's worship him. When you think about that he would still make you fit to be used for his kingdom, he is worthy. He is worthy. God, you're worthy. God, you're worthy. And Lord, we lift you up. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, he deserves our praise today. Oh, our Father is awesome. I don't know what you've been redeemed from, but I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed and I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. And that is something that I worship my Savior for. That everything that I've been through, he still saw me as fit to be used for his kingdom. He still saw me as fit to be used for his glory. And for that, I give him praise. Hallelujah. Some of the things that we've done in our life, the enemy tried to tell us that we were not fit to be used. That we were not fit to be used by God. But God says on today that because of his son, Jesus Christ, that he can use you. That he can use you, that he can use your hands, your body to minister to his people. 
Amen. And for that, God, I worship you that you can still use me after everything that I've done. God, that I can be still used by you. And for that, I give you glory. See, some of y'all must don't have a past or a history, but I do. And he still wants to use me. And for that, God, I thank you. I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, welcome to church, everybody. Where his presence is here in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We came in with you on the inside of us, and I thank God for just ministering to our hearts on today. So welcome to World Changers Church Houston. For all of those who are streaming in live with us, we just believe that the Spirit of the Lord is there with you as it is in this place. Amen. Amen. If there are any first-time visitors in the house, I just ask that you wave your hands, please. Oh, praise God. We are so grateful to have you visiting with us on today and if you did not receive information when you came in um, we're going to get you to fill that out but we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and so that we can just go around and meet and greet everybody and please take a moment to welcome our first-time visitors amen Hallelujah. So we just thank everyone for joining us on today. On behalf of our pastors, we have awesome pastors here at World Changers Church Houston. How many of you believe that? Our pastors, Pastor Archie and Melissa Collins. Collins. So on behalf of them, we just welcome all of you who are streaming in live. And for our first-time visitors, we welcome you to church on today. Praise God. So I have a word of encouragement for you, and it's always such a joy just to share um, what God has been speaking to me. It's going to come from John 16, verse 33, and this is the Amplified Version. Before I get into that, I'm so sorry. Let me read the announcements, and then we're going to get into our word of encouragement. Amen? Okay, hallelujah. Requests are being, requests you kindly, Creflo Dollar Global Missions, requests you kindly consider providing food, boxes, baby items, and cleaning supplies for our community. We're also collecting donations for our annual Thanksgiving feeding families and Christmas toy drive. To contribute, please mark your offering, 
CDGM Outreach for donations to our bi-weekly out outreach or CDGM Holiday Outreach for our holiday events. We appreciate your donations and your contributions. This is Creflo Dollar Global Missions. 2019 Fall New Members Class. Amen for the, all the new members. We are pleased to announce, hallelujah, we are pleased to announce our upcoming Accelerated New Members Fall Class on Saturday, October 19th, 2019 from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. If interested, please sign up at the communications desk. Investment strategies, hallelujah. On Tuesday, October 15th from 7 to 8 p.m., our special guest, financial advisor, Jabari King, will discuss college education planning, investment for kids, retirement discussion, what do you want, and estate planning, protecting your assets. We'll allocate time to answer your questions, and if interested, please sign up at the communications desk today. Christmas decoration project, this is phase two. Attention World Changes Church Houston men. Any men in the house? Amen. We need you on Saturday, October 12th, 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Lunch will be served. All right. To prepare for the external lighting of our campus, please sign up at the communications desk. We need your reply by today. New Change Early Learning Center. Amen. We are enrolling children ages six weeks to four years and need volunteers for a few hours per week. We're hiring pre-K um, for lead teachers and assistant teachers. Experience is preferred. Please submit your resume to the communications desk or email it directly to nclchouston at worldchangers.org. For more information, please call Pastor Melissa or you can call 281-463-0700 or go, go to nclc.org to register your child. And the last announcement is World Changes Church South. Yeah, where my South members at? Amen. We cordially invite you to experience live anointing preaching every Thursday at the South location in Pearland. Invite your family, your friends, your co-workers living in that area and doors open at 6 p.m. Corporate prayer starts at 6.30 p.m. and service begins at 7 p.m. Details are available in the communications desk. All right, so now is our time for our word of encouragement and then we'll have prayer. Our word is going to come today from John chapter 16, verse 33, and this is the Amplified Version. It reads, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world, my conquest is accomplished, and my victory abiding. Amen? In this scripture, what I want to point out to you is that Jesus says, in me, you have perfect peace. Now, perfect peace means that you should be assured in your mind that you're in right standing with Jesus Christ. That what you're experiencing, and a lot of, a lot of us may be experiencing some things that um, are a part of the curse right in regards to challenges with your body and Jesus is saying be at perfect peace 
what you're experiencing is not a result of G of God paying you back for the wrong that you've done. Because that's how a lot of times we look at, the, at things in life. You need to be assured in your mind that you're in right standing with God. That God is not mad at you. That he looks at you through the blood of Jesus and you are righteous. So what you're experiencing, don't let the enemy try to tell you this is a result of what you've done. Jesus says, no, in me, be assured in your mind that you're saved. Be assured in your mind that you're in right standing with God. And this is not God's judgment upon your life. Don't look at it that way. Instead, what you're experiencing is an evil existence that wants to destroy you. And then he says, but be of good cheer. Because this evil existence that wants to bring about a curse in your life, I have overcome. Which means he took the payment for us. See, everything that we did that was not in right standing with God, we should have received a just punishment. We should have received a, a consequence for what we did that was wrong. But Jesus said, I stood in the place. I stood in the gap for you. And so what you're experiencing, be at peace. I have already overcome. I became a curse so that you can live a life complete in complete victory. So I don't know what it is that you're experiencing on today, but it's not God paying you back for the wrong that you've done. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's your children not acting right. And a lot of us, I know some, sometimes we hold this, this weight over our head because we didn't come to Christ until our kids was older. But you know what? I want to tell you that, you that Jesus has your children. That right now, and I hear that in the spirit right now in the name of Jesus, that some of you came to Christ after your kids were grown. But the Lord said, even the seeds that you are sowing right now that are being planted into their heart, they shall not return void. And guess what? Your children are saved and they are redeemed. That is a word for the Lord. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. So I don't want you to look at the wrong that you've done and say what I'm experiencing is a result of everything that I've done. No, Jesus says you are redeemed. You are redeemed. And everything that you experience, I became the curse for you so that you can walk in complete victory. What is it that you're experiencing today that you need us to stand with you in agreement that you have the victory? As you come up here, if there's anything that you need prayer for, as you come up here today, I want you to understand whatever trial or tribulation that you are experiencing, I want you to know that it is already done, it is already taken care of, and I want you to come up here with that mindset that I come up here to stand with you, that I'm going to see the manifestation of victory in my life. In Jesus' name. And so now we open up the altar for prayer. If there is anyone who needs prayer, I'm going to ask that the prayer counselors come forth. And if there is anyone who needs us to stand with you in what Christ has already done, how he has redeemed you from the curse, and you are set free from judgment and penalty to be victorious in your life, let us pray with you and stand with you that it is done. Amen.
every prayer being answered. It is yea and it is amen. Hallelujah. We thank God. Now how many of you are ready to receive a dynamic amen, word on today? Amen, amen. Get your hearts ready. Let's be attentive for what God wants to do in this church and the wisdom that he wants to pour into our heart. Let's receive our pastor, amen. Pastor Archie Collins. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Well, while you're up, go ahead and grab those communion elements. Let's just go ahead and give God a time of worship with that. If you need elements, go ahead and raise your hands right where you're at. The ushers will be sure to get them to you. We've got a few people up here in the front, somebody over there. They'll get them to you real quick. As you're receiving these, we're constantly reminded that the communion table is our place of victory. Amen? It's the place that we remind ourselves what the body and the blood of Jesus did. And you know at the end of the day what the body and blood of Jesus did for you? 
he made everything well in your life. Not just concerning sickness, but concerning your finances, concerning your mental state, concerning your jobs, concerning your marriages. Jesus finished everything concerning you. And when he finished it, how many of you guys know Jesus always does the best job that can be done? I said he just done the best job that can be done. So that's what this communion table represents, that all is well in every area of your life. So take those elements. Father God, we thank and praise you right now for your body. We thank and praise you as a result of what you did on the cross. We're healed. We're whole. There's nothing missing, lacking, or broken. We are at peace in Jesus' name. You may eat. And Lord, we thank you for your blood, the redemptive power within it. We thank you because of your blood, all is well in our lives. Your blood literally paid the price for the penalty of our sins. You purchased us with the blood. It is a currency that will never fail. And it is the greatest currency ever known to man. And we thank you and receive right now the benefits of your blood, which is our righteousness and our salvation. You may drink. So, Father, we set ourselves in agreement and admit the fact that all is well in our lives. And we're careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise one more time. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, welcome to World Changers Church Houston. We're glad that you made it out on today. Why don't you go ahead and tell the person who's near you that they look good. <laughs> Amen. Some of you just needed to know that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We're going to start at, um, well, we're going to read verse 16. And we're going to read that in the... Uh, Amplified. The title of this message, we're still on uh, You Shall Not Be Moved. I forgot what part this was. I think it's like part four. And we're talking about 10 daily admissions to build our belief in the blessing that we already have. We're in the part of our message where we're talking about 10 daily admissions that we should make so that we can build our belief in the blessing that is already ours. Say it's mine. It's mine. Now, Romans 4.16 has something to say about this. Uh, it says, therefore, inheriting, what is that? The promise, which is also the blessing, is the outcome of what? Faith. If I'm going to inherit the promise of God, I have to have faith. Now, as we've been studying, we understand that's just not faith in just anything. It's faith in what Christ has done for us. Amen? So if I'm going to inherit the promise, I have to have faith. And depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace. So I receive what grace has made or whatever grace has given, I only can receive that by what? Faith. 
Now, it's interesting because I receive it by my faith in God. I receive it by my faith in Christ. But that means if it takes faith to get it, then it's not about me working to get it. Because I can't have faith in what Christ has done and then turn around and say, but I only get it if I do something too. That's not what that says. It says you get it by faith and it entirely, wholly, completely depends upon faith. Not on works, but on faith. So the question you want to ask yourself right now is, do I believe what Jesus did? Without, do I believe what Jesus finished? Do I believe what Jesus did for me? Because it takes faith in what he did to inherit what God has already set aside for you. So while we're going to talk about admissions or confessions today, I want you to understand that your confessions or your admissions of the truth of God's word will not create God's blessing for your life. His blessing has already been made. His blessing has already been made available to you by Jesus, who is grace. Amen? But many of us understand that to be true. God wants me blessed. Jesus made it available. But why am I not experiencing what he made available? You just saw the answer. It requires faith. Amen? Another way to look at it is like this. Imagine Right now, I put for you in your bank account $10 million. Look at y'all, somebody, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but if you don't truly believe or have faith that I put it in there, you'll never go in what? You'll never withdraw it. And that's what we're talking about today. It requires faith to believe what he did. He made available to you all that you need. But you will only receive or withdraw what he has with your faith. That money is in the bank. That spiritual currency, if you will, is in the bank. But do you know how many people go home to be with the Lord with a bank account full of what God made available that was never used, that was never withdrawn? And man, the enemy is excited when we don't believe that God loves us enough that Jesus finished the work that he said he did. He loves seeing Christians go home to be with the Lord. They go to heaven. But all of that blessing remains unused. Now, understand, why is that important? Well, the blessing is not just for you. It's for those who need him. So it's not that we just miss out. It's that those that he has called us to miss out as well. And see, many people, when they hear the blessing, they only think money. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about uh, a word from the Lord. I'm talking about whatever the Holy Spirit has for you to distribute his love out to others. That doesn't flow through you if you don't believe it's already in you. If you don't believe it's already available. My faith is required, go back to the beginning of uh, uh, 16, to inherit the promise. Now, I like that word inherit too because you know we're joint heirs with Christ. I say we're joint heirs with Christ. A lot of people, we, we kept belittling ourselves saying I'm a joint heir of Christ and they were reading the scripture wrong. It says no, I'm a co-heir with Jesus. 
Who is Jesus' daddy? God. So I have access to everything Christ has access to. I am a co-heir or a joint heir. I can withdraw the same stuff that Jesus was withdrawing when he was on earth. Oh, some of y'all don't believe this today. I, I, I know it's the word and it may be a little heavy, but it's the truth. Tell me when did Jesus walk around with lack? Tell me when, when, he, when he didn't have enough money to pay his taxes, when he didn't have enough food to not only feed himself but others. Tell me when he needed healing. I've told this over and over again. We read these stories in the Bible, and while they're amazing, and they, they definitely all have their proper uh, uh, points, we have to be careful as believers, hear what I'm saying, as believers that we don't identify with the wrong person in the story. If you are saved, you are no longer the, the woman with the issue of blood. If you are saved, you are no longer the other uh, person on the cross next to Jesus. That's who you were before you got saved. But once you are saved, you are now the Jesus in the story. You are the one operating from a place of power, from a place of undeserved privilege. Now, he deserved it, but we didn't, but we got it. I am now seated, as the word says, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He was given legal authority over everything. But what we've done in church is we've disconnected ourselves from our inheritance. I'll take the fact that I'm saving going to heaven, but the rest of that I'm not worthy. You're absolutely right. You're not worthy, but you still got it. His blood made you worthy. His blood declared you righteous. But the enemy is working overtime trying to get you to believe parts of, I mean, trying to make you not believe parts of this. The parts that then help you understand that I have a promised inheritance. But the only way to obtain what, I, what has been set aside for me is, am I convinced that God loves me enough that he's telling me the truth about this inheritance? Am I convinced to such a point that I'll be moved to a corresponding action? In one corresponding action that will let you know whether you believe this or not is what we're talking about, these admissions. Now, somebody said, why are you, why are you using the word admissions? Well, confessions is a very, it's, it's the same thing. But I'm using admissions because we've taken confession in the body of Christ, especially in Word of Faith churches, and we've tied that so much to performance-based Christianity. If I say this, then I'll get it. You have it because Christ set it up that way. Your works doesn't make you any more saved. You can confess 100 scriptures and you got the same blessing available to you if you had said one. He's already set it up and made it available, but those confessions or admissions are important to help encourage you in your belief. If, if you sit and listen to negativity all day saying what you do, don't have and I, you don't have this, you know you're sick, da 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 what's that going to eventually do? It's going to affect the way you think and that's going to affect the way you speak or live. So it's important to speak the word, not that you're making something happen, Grace made it all happen, but you're speaking the word to help that mind stay in the right position. And that's going to affect how you live. If I believe the 10 million is in the bank because of what I heard, 
And if I remind myself, the house note comes, it's $6,000 because you went and got you a nice place. <laughs> and if that comes in and if you don't remember what you have, you'll worry. But then what you got to do is admit, oh, that's right, ah, I got $10 million in the bank. I'm good. That totally changes your attitude, doesn't it? And now what do you do? You go and pay your house note. But if you don't remember or don't know what you got available, you'll fall into worry, you'll fall into fear, you'll fall into depression. And before you know it, you're now confessing, oh my God, I think I'm going to lose my house. And then even with all that money in the bank, oh my God, I'm going to lose my house. Then the next step is, is, is you're frozen. You know, fear makes cowards of men. It freezes us. So then three months go by. You're getting notice after notice after notice. And even though you go to church and the pastor tells you, you know you've got $10 million in the bank. Even though you go talk to your, your family members who are upbeat, they say, you know you got $10 million in the bank. Because you simply don't believe it, you never make the withdrawal. Do you realize that's what's happening to Christians every single day? And so it's important that we admit what's true based on God's word so that we are reminded and encouraged to lay hold of what grace has already made available. If you understand that, say amen. 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 Romans 4, 16. I'm going to read that one more time, and I'm going to go all the way to the end this time. Therefore, inheriting the promises, the promise is the outcome of faith, and it depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor. You know, unmerited, uh, that word merit means unearned, I mean earned. So this is unearned favor from God that gives you these things. To make it stable and valid and guaranteed to who? All his descendants. Now, you got to remember who we're talking about right here. They're talking about Abraham. And Abraham is known as the father, for lack of a better word, of faith. And this is talking about not just to Jewish folks, but also to Gentiles. So he's saying not just to the Jewish people, not just to the circumcised, but also to the uncircumcised. We all receive the inheritance of this promise the same way, and it is indeed by what? Starts with an F. Faith. faith. There you go. It says, not only to the devotees and the adherents of the law, talking about Jewish people, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. So I, I thought it was important before we dive back into the admissions to start off by making sure we understood that I have this by God already. And my confessions or my admissions is a matter of me just keeping this mind where it needs to be. I think the one scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, that, that's not used like I got to go spiritually beat up the devil. He's been whooped. He's been defeated. You're not fighting the good fight of faith against the devil. He's defeated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The devil is no match for you. Stop envisioning yourself in this battle with the devil. Oh, I, was, I was fighting the devil. He's no more match for you than he was for Jesus. Because Christ lives on the inside of you. So how is this such a hard fight? See, that's all that, that's all that religion that we've been, we've been practicing. And I, I, ooh, I, was, I was battling the devil. Oh, oh, I don't know why. He's been defeated. 
some of us going to realize we've been battling the devil and we look in the mirror and it was us. You, you're going to be the biggest devil you ever met. And as soon as you defeat you in unbelief, you're going to find out you had the victory the whole time. He is defeated. That's for somebody today. The devil has been defeated in everything concerning you. You have the authority. Say that with me. Say, I have. The authority. So the devil can't do nothing to you. I don't know who that's for, but I want you to receive that and, and believe that and walk in that. Amen? So the blessing is legally yours. The blessing is legally yours. Because you are a child of God and because the blood of Jesus has made you righteous to the, the, the curtain, let me say it this way. The curse is illegal in your life. It, it's not supposed to be there. Because Christ has qualified you for the blessing. So we have to make up our minds that it's okay for us to be blessed. People have a hard time with that because they say, well, you know, I, I did this or I did that. Okay, but either God made you righteous or he didn't. Either that scripture that clearly says, and I'll remember your sins no more, Either 1 John 2, 1 that says, yeah, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. I'm not preaching you go sin. I'm helping you understand that that sin has already been paid for. Amen. No, Archie, I understand what you're saying, but, but I must have to do something. Yeah, believe that it's paid for. Amen. Remember, we talked about this on that, on that board, that there is indeed a process, but that process doesn't begin with my good behavior. It ends with my good behavior. The process begins with me believing in what Jesus did. And as I believe in what he did, first of all, who he is, and then I believe in what he did on that cross, now I can be willing to listen to the direction and leading and the changing of the Holy Spirit so that I will act right. That's called renewing my mind. So, I have everything I need on the inside of me. If you believe that, say amen. amen. All right, so here was the, uh, we went over on um, Wednesday, we went on over the first four admissions. So I'm gonna give these to you pretty quick because I wanna get to the fourth one and the fifth one at least today. So the first admission we had to admit was number one, uh, admit to yourself daily that God loves you. Admit to yourself daily that God loves you. This all begins on the fact, I don't know if I still have it on the board here. This all begins on the fact of understanding that God loves me. If I don't believe in the love of God, all the rest of this is just for not. Or not, however you want to see it. <laughs> but all the rest of this doesn't make a difference. Because John 3.16 says it real clear. Y'all can pop it up on there in the New Living Translation. John 3.16 says it pretty clear in the King James, for God so what? Love the world. This all begins on him. First John 4, 8 says God is love. I think it's 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 8, love never fails. I mean, this is this unfailing, never-ending, never-defeated love that he is and has for us that set up this plan. But if you don't believe in him and that he loves you, all the rest of this falls apart. How can I believe in a grace 
How can I believe in unmerited favor? How can I believe that I don't have to work for this if I don't believe in the one who set it up? That's what makes Jesus, by the way, of no effect. It's unbelief. How can I believe, I'm sorry, how can I get the benefit of something I don't believe in? I don't believe that money's in the bank, so guess what? It will never benefit me. Remember, don't make, don't make the gospel complicated. If I don't believe, I don't gain benefit. My belief is the issue. Say this with me. Say, God, God loves, loves me. me. Okay, it says, for this is how God loved the world. He did what? First two words of that next part. He gave. Did you know that giving is a reflex of love? People don't like giving in church because you know what? They don't really believe God loves them. I'm blessed whether I put a dime in that bucket or not. But as a reflex of my love for God and his work and what's being done, I want to sow into that. I want to make sure that keeps going. I want to, you know, and, I, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit to tell me what to do. We all, we've already talked about the fact that tithing was something that happened before the law came into place. So it's not a matter of law. It's a matter of love. God so loved the world that he gave. Now, he didn't get no crap either. I'm sorry, there's kids in here. He didn't get no mess either. <laughs> Talking about the quality of your gift based on your heart. He gave his one. He gave the one. And only. The one he gave was the one. The best he had. He gave the one. Now the widow tried her best. She gave the two with her mites, but that was pretty powerful. It was enough to stop Jesus and say, now she don't, she don't gave much. Y'all may have gave many, but she gave much. We got to stop looking at, oh, I got to give $1,000. Now, uh, I'm looking at one and two so far, and that outweighed the thousands. Some of y'all don't hear me. I'm preaching good, but that's all right. She gave two mites, and Jesus stopped and said, wait a minute. He recognized that type of giving. He recognized it as an act of trust. He recognized that love when it hit the bucket. He said, oh, no, no, or the basket or whatever she dropped it up in. He recognized the faith that was with that and the love that was with that. He said, that too looks really close to the Father's one. He said, that's what I'm talking about. Stop getting caught up in all this other stuff and look at what the word actually says. For God so loved the world, the quality of his gift was amazing because his love is amazing. He gave his one and his only son. And if I don't believe that, if I struggle with that, it messes up everything else in my ability to receive from him. It says, so that, now here's the reason why he did it. So that everyone, the liar, the cheater, the murderer, the Muslim, the male, the female, the homosexual, the black, the white, the Mexican, the, or sorry, Hispanic, the Asian, the everyone. Somebody say that with me, the everyone. We like, to, we like to start qualifying stuff, especially nowadays. I'm like, shut up. It's for everyone. He's for everyone. I don't care where you're at right now. You're part of the everyone. 
I don't care what you're doing right now. You're part of the everyone. I don't care where you came from, what you used to believe, what you believe now. You're still part of the everyone. And my God loves you. And see, we as believers need to be willing to be a reflection of this type of love, and it's designed for everyone. I don't care how bad they've done you. I don't care what you heard about them. I'll say that, Holy Spirit. I don't care what you think about the president. He's part of the everyone. We all got our feelings about stuff. Everyone means everyone. Maybe if people could see the real love of God, then everyone could get a chance to really get to know him. Oh, some of y'all don't want to hear the word today. You don't want to hear the truth today. You want to stay segmented. Now you're messing with the politics, and now you're messing with this. But, but what if they do something? What if you did something which you did do? This love, if you're going to really receive it, you have to be willing to admit that it's for everyone. Because one day, you're going to be at your low point. Some of you have already been there. Somebody said, I'm there right now. And you're going to need to realize that if he will do it for him, he'll do it for me. If he will love them, then he loves me. God loves everyone. It's for everyone who believes in him. Not ourselves, not our mamas, not our daddies, not our pastors. If we believe in him. We will not perish, but have what? Everlasting. Everlasting life. Now, we know that scripture very well, but for some reason we leave 17 out quite often. It's important that we look at those two together. Go to 17. Because now I know he loves me, but now this gets one step deeper into confirming the why and the how. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world. I wish they would have read that to me in Sunday school. My whole childhood would have been different. Because I grew up thinking the Holy Spirit was on the inside of me to constantly prejudge and judge my actions to tell me how much I suck every time I lied, every time I did something wrong. But this scripture was there all along. Saying God came to this world, he sent Jesus not to judge me, but to save me. And if I could have learned more about his saving grace, if I could have learned more about his love, guess what? My behavior probably would have been a whole lot better. But I spent so much time trying to be right, not realizing I was right because of him. He sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now again, if I'm going to reflect who he is, maybe I got to spend a little less time judging the world too. Maybe I got to stop spending, you know, somebody asked me, they were, there was these, um, there's videos going around for a while with these guys with bullhorns at the, you know, at the homosexual rallies, and they were like, what do you think about this? I said, I think they don't know the word. Jesus is the word, right? He's the truth, right? He's grace, right? What did the word come to do? What did the truth come to do? What did grace come to do? And the Bible says he's the, we're going to get into this in a minute, he's the perfect reflection of the character of God. So even if you want to try to skip Jesus and say, but God says, no, no, no. God's plan has always been that his son and those who call themselves like his son, also known as Christians, God sent 
us into the world, not to judge it, but to save it. He's the Savior. But not through us, through him. It all goes back to him. I said it all goes back to him. Are you, are you okay with, with homosexuals? If God loves them, I love them. But you need to understand that they are not their sin. They are human beings. I said they are human beings. They are the creation of God who are sinning. I'm not going to say sin, sin still sin. But you know what you are? A creation of God, a human being who was sinning. How are you different than them? We's all alike. It's just they sin looks different than yours. It's, guys, it's important we understand this if I'm going to say I'm accepting and receiving God's love. I have to accept and receive his love, not just for me, but for everybody. And again, if we could do this ourselves, then we can leave outside of these doggone four walls and properly go minister the grace of God to others. It is not to be done with a bullhorn unless you're out there saying God loves you and you and you and you. Amplify the truth, not a lie. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Is that the end of that one, y'all? Where are my scripture people at? That's it. Okay, I got you. I'm thinking it was more to that. So we are to reflect that very thing. So admit it one more time. Say, God loves me. God loves me. And because he loves you, here's the bottom line. You have victory. You were born again to win, not to lose. You were born again to win. You were born into a dynamic, victorious dynasty. You got Super Bowl championships every year for the rest of your life. You get a ring, you get a ring, you get a ring, and you get a ring. I mean, you, you joined the team. We got all the best players because we got Jesus. <laughs> you know how disappointed it is every now and then. My boy's going to play today. Lord Jesus, I thank you we beat the Carolina Panthers. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't know if that's going to work, but it's all right. We're going to be good. But you don't have to go through the emotional ups and downs that we do with our favorite teams. Why? Because you're born again. You have the victory. Why? Because of Jesus and because God loves you. You're born again to win. You went over the enemy. I said you win, you won. Let me put that in the right tense. You've won over the enemy and therefore you're winning every single day. You're also born again to win souls. See, let's not be a selfish church. Let's just not look at what, what I got. That's awesome. Yes, we're born again to win, but we're also born again to win souls. Now, let, me, let me explain that to you really quickly. We're born again to help people get saved through him. Amen. But we've called getting people saved winning souls. Let's get this accurate. 
we do want to obviously lead people to Christ. But what is the soul, if I'm correctly dividing that, is mind, will, and emotions. I'm born again to help people get to know him, not just to get saved. We've been making a slight mistake by going out and just getting people saved and just leaving them. That's like, oh, the kids in the room, how can I say this? Um, that's like me going, <laughs> no, I can't get the kids repeating what I was thinking. Uh, but that's, that's like me going out there and making a bunch of children and leaving them without a father. What I've done is I've left them to feed themselves, clothe themselves, themselves, teach themselves, and everything else. I've created what I call performance-based. The other word starts with a B, and you can fill in the rest of that. Kids without a dad. I've created that. And the church, I think unknowingly, has done that over and over again because we're not really winning souls. We're not making disciples. To just go and get people saved and not turn around and make disciples, that's dangerous. I'm born again to not only help get people saved, but to make disciples. How many guys know discipleship requires time? Discipleship requires relationship. Discipleship requires connection. Say this with me, I'm born again to win. We're just admitting the truth, amen? And then last but not least, I'm born again to win at life. So here's the bottom line, loss and lack, for this number one, loss and lack are no longer in you. Loss and lack are no longer in you. You have all supply, you have all provision. I said you have all supply and you have all provision. Grace found you and grace saved you. You can write the scripture down according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith it is a gift of God, not of works, performance, lest you go start bragging about it, <laughs> lest any man should boast. Go with me real quick to um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. His grace is your enough. Say that with me. His grace, His grace. is my enough. 2 Corinthians, what did I say, 12, 9? Let's look at that in the um, Amplified. Uh, where, are you, where are you at? You in, you in uh, NLT? We'll read this one, and then we'll go to the Amplified next. Uh, go back. Well, okay, stay in Amplified then. Y'all was quick. That's what I'm talking about. It says, but he said to me, my grace. Whose grace? This is God's responsibility that he supplied for you. My grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough. Is enough for you sufficient against any danger and enables you. Did you know grace is also an action word? His grace enables you to bear the trouble manfully. It doesn't make you a man. What it's saying is grace handles stuff. For my strength, this is his grace, that is his strength. My strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. See, you walking around thinking you got to be this strong, perfect Christian. The strongest Christian is the Christian who's relying on grace. Because when I rely on grace, I'm relying on his strength. And you can't get no stronger than his strength. 
One cannot get any stronger than the strength of God. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and my infirmities. Paul wasn't saying I'm like giving sin props or whatever like that. He's, he was saying the more I realize what I can't do, the more I realize what he has already provided. And that's what we got to understand, amen? Amen. All right, so number two, admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. I need to confess that every day. Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love, and if I got Jesus, I got God. If I see Jesus, then I can see God. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and we'll look at this in the uh, Message Bible. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It says, going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son. By his son, God created the world in the beginning. And it will all belong to the Son in the end. The Son perfectly mirrors God. You see that? And is stamped with God's nature. Now, who is God? God is love, right? So Jesus is stamped with love. He perfectly mirrors love. Now, according to John 1, 1, or John chapter 1, and it says that I think in a, uh, yeah, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And later on it talks about the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. I think in verse 14 it talks about the Word, uh, he, and Jesus was full of grace and full of truth, and we studied that out, and we understood that that full of actually means he was permeated with. It was infused, grace and truth was infused in him. He is grace, he is truth, he is the Word. I said, Jesus is grace, he is truth, he is the word. So when I look into the word, I see Jesus. When I look into Jesus, I see the word. When I look into Jesus, I also see the truth. When I look into Jesus, I see grace. When I look into grace, I see the truth who is the word, who is Jesus. And they all reflect love. Now, where does all that live? In me. I'm united with all of that. So when I look into this word, I got to realize I am looking at a mirror that says who I am. When you look at this word, you're looking at a mirror who says who you are. When you look at this word, you're looking at Jesus. When you look at this word, you're looking at the truth. And I know technically, because some of y'all are like, wait a minute, I thought the word was, you know, just a part of the gospel. We're going to get into that. But the point is, is if I want to see what I'm supposed to look like, that's why I look at this. And it reflects back to me love. It reflects back to me grace. It reflects back to me truth. Say this with me one more time. Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. And I am united with him. Therefore, I am a reflection of love. And love never fails. So tell me, what does that mean about you? You never fail. I never fail because I'm in him. Well, Pastor, but you know, I don't understand. I, I failed before because you wasn't operating in him. 
But the, but the believer who decides to really believe and not just wear it as a title is the person who says, I'm going to follow love. The fruit of uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And his produce, what he produces in your life is love and all those other attributes thereof. So love should be what's coming out from my tree on a regular basis. I said love should be what's coming off of my tree on a regular basis. And if I'm producing love, all I do is win. No matter what. All I do is win. No, it's playing. <laughs> no matter what, I can't lose. And I need you waking up every morning declaring that. I can't lose. I can't lose because I'm reflecting God. I can't lose because Christ is on the inside of me. They said I was going to lose something today. Loss and lack are no longer a part of your life. Are you seeing this today? Number three, admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God's love. And number four, I'll say that one again just because I said it so quick. Admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God's love. And number four, here's what I was trying to get to today. Admit you are free from your old sinful nature. Admit you are free from your old sinful nature because of the finalized works of Jesus. Admit you are free from your old sinful nature because of the finalized works of Jesus. Now, this is so important. It is the doing of sin that I think has tripped most Christians up in trying to receive from God. We see our failures to not do something wrong as a sign that there is still something wrong with us as it relates to God. We see because I, I'll use an example, because I cursed, God is now mad at me. I am now separated from him. Because I lied, Holy Spirit must not really be living in me. Because surely, if I still am doing this thing, he must not be there because I was told that he can't be where sin is. And that is very true. But what wasn't properly explained to you was when you got saved as a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, it is your spirit that was saved. That old man died and the new born-again man is who's there now, united with Christ, sealed, as the Scripture says, by the Holy Spirit. And while your spirit is saved, you still have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and a body. We talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And remember we had the three people lined up on the floor? And we explained the fact that while the spirit is saved, the soul and the body still going to need some work. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. How many of you guys lost 50 pounds when you got saved? How many of y'all body fat went to 6% when you got saved? I mean, that would have been wonderful. I don't think there would be a sinner on earth if that was the case. Your natural body did not change when you got saved. It was your spirit that was born again. 
And so is the case with that mind. Those wills, uh, sorry, those wills, yeah, maybe multiple. Uh, but that will, those emotions, those feelings, those have to be renewed. In Romans 12, 2 talks about that. Let's go to that real quick. Romans 12, 2. Uh, and let's look at it in the New Living Translation. We know the scripture well, but let's look at it real quick. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but what? Let God transform your, you into a new person by doing what? Changing the way you think. Whose responsibility is it to change your mind? I thought it was mine this, this whole time. I thought I had to do the work. No, my work is to believe. My work is to believe. God said, I'll take the responsibility. I got it. I got it. All you need to do is believe that I got it. And then do, when I, when I tell you to go to church, go to church. Because I'm going to be renewing your mind. When I tell you to pick up that Bible and read it, read it. Because it's going to renew your mind. When I tell you to, to, to do this act of love, do it. Because it's part of your renewal process. And it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that will enable you to do all the stuff I'm saying to do. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, this is all in the Word, that will teach you the stuff that you need to be taught. I'm sharing words to you right now based on the Word by the leading of the Holy Spirit, but your spirit, which is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, is teaching you right now. I'm not teaching you, He is. I said, I'm not teaching you, He is. And as long as I obey what he tells me to say, he'll be teaching you exactly what you need to know so that that mind is conditioned. Amen. That's why you got to be careful what churches you end up at. Because if you're not in a place that doesn't teach the word by the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will notice you're, you're not getting any fitter. Your soul is still sloppy. Your soul is out of shape. You're still cussing everybody out and can't figure out why. Because if I sit up here and preach the law to you, the Bible says the law increases sin. And you wonder why you're sinning. Because if that's all I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit ain't teaching you. You're learning the rules that the man or the woman is sharing with you. And now you got to go home and just try to do the rules, do the best you can. But when you're teaching the gospel of grace and the Holy Spirit is the one who's teaching you, he's transforming you. The law, go read your Bible. The law never transformed anybody. The law has no transformative power. That's what grace has. Grace is what changes you or who changes you. So he said, don't, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. By changing the way you think. Now check out the next part of the scripture. Keep going. Somebody say then. then. When. Then. No, I mean like when. After what? <laughs> then. <laughs> then is a time word. It's saying after you've done that or after that's happened, this next thing can take place. After God has transformed your thinking. After he's transformed... I keep saying I'm going to switch this. I'm switching it right now. See, if you got this in your notes, this is number seven. This is number six. After God transforms my mind, now I can know his will. I don't know what God has me on earth to do. 
Has he transformed your mind yet? Then you will learn to know God's will for you. I'm not making this up. It's right there. Many people are struggling to know, should I buy this house or should I not? Should I marry this person or should I not? Should I take this job or should I not? Should I do this right now or should I not? Have you submitted your mind to God? I'll say it differently. Have you submitted your soul to him? Have you submitted your will to him? Because then he will make your desires his desires. God, God will give you the desires of your heart when your desires are his desires. I can only know the will of God when the mind is transformed. Is that, is that a truth in the word? Am I making it up? See, we've been taught so much, I already know the will of God because he wants me to do right. What is right for you? I'm not going to preach new age. I just want you to stop for a minute. Who declares right and wrong for you? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Can I just get really real? I hope you don't leave the church because of this. But we know we're not supposed to get drunk. So I, let me just disclaim that with that, okay? But does the Bible say you can't drink any alcohol? Doesn't say that anywhere. Clearly says, though, don't be drunk with strong drink. And there's a reason for that. We'll get into that later when we teach about this type of stuff. However, if I have a problem with alcoholism, the Holy Spirit may instruct me to not have a drink. You see the difference? But what we did was just said, hey, can't nobody have no fun. You can't dance, you can't drink, you can't do this, you can't do that. Whoa, 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 show me the word. Show me the word. Now, that's your problem. Just because you got a problem don't mean I got a problem. Sin is no longer an issue in your life, but I want you to see some practical stuff. Just because you can't stop don't mean everybody can't stop. Just because you may not need a computer don't mean everybody that the computer's bad. We got kids in here, so you can just deduce what I'm talking about. But, but we sit up there, and because certain people have problems, then we say, is, is everybody got a problem? No, no, no. I know the will of God for my life. When I've submitted my will to his will, and then the Holy Spirit ministers to me and says, that's not good for you. Granted, there's some things not good for everybody, murdering and da 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 and so on and so forth. There's some moral laws that are for everybody. And then there's some things that's just like, that's not going to be good for you. And we got to start rightly dividing the word so we don't create new rules that put you in more bondage. Well, you know, I'm out with everybody and everybody had a little margarita and I don't know if I can have one or not because I don't know what everybody's going to think. And, and, you know, and then you better go and drink that margarita and be quiet. Now, don't, now stop it too. Can I calm, calm down? You know your limit. See, some of y'all just made a lot of that. Okay, he said I can have two. So from here on out, I'm not going to have no more but two. Again, what did the Holy Spirit tell you? I'm just saying while you're sitting at that table debating, you are creating a bondage on yourself, and once you actually do take a sip, now you feel condemned and guilty. Now you're looking around to see who, who might be in there from world changers. 
That's bondage. That's bondage. But when you realize sin is no longer an issue in your life, and let me just say this for, the, for my self-righteous people that might be in the room or watching online. Stop fronting. If I went to your house and opened up that cabinet, you know what cabinet I'm talking about. You brown down all through there. I'm like, oh, Lord, you got all that? Because in your private time, in your private place, you know the truth yourself. that you've been governing yourself based on really what you may or may not have known was the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you telling you that's enough. That's okay. I mean, think about how long we've been doing these, these things, saints. We, we, we really, behind the scenes, many of us have been already living like this, trusting the voice of God. But we've gone into churches and got such bad teaching that put these rules on us that we find ourselves at home trying to, Really live the way we want to live, but then we come to church and act like, I know, I, I, I drink, oh, you know. But you be at home enjoying yourself. But I want you to see something. While you found that understanding at home, what about all those people in the world that think they're sinners going to hell because they're doing the same thing you're doing because you won't be honest with the truth with them? Let somebody see you in a bar. I'm not saying you got to have shot, 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 shot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, what if the world really understood what sin actually was? What if the world actually understood that sin was no longer an issue between them and God because of what Jesus did? then they would be open to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, having their minds renewed, and finding out truly what the will of God was for their life. Because that's what this thing is all about. It says, then you will learn the will of God for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, again, because of bad teaching, we used to take that as, which is doing everything perfect by the law. But is that what that says? It's what is the Holy Spirit saying? That's why you've heard me say over and over again, my goal is to get you mature to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. That's, but you know, that scares some people. That scares some Christians. Because they're not used to that type of mature independence. It's like sending your kid away to college. That's what we're talking about. Some of us like the comfort of grade school and high school and middle school. Some of us like being under the tutor of the law. Some of us like having the rules because they provide us boundaries and we grow faith in the boundary and instead of having faith in God. My daughter's away on school right now. You know what? In the natural, she has no boundaries. She doesn't. And that can scare people. She can come and go as she please. She can do what she want to do. Now she has to operate off of the relationship of the truth. If I go somewhere and start speeding or go somewhere I shouldn't be, the truth is something bad can happen. I need to make a good decision. Some people don't want to do that. They just want you to tell them, no, don't do that. 
That's wrong, that's right, that's wrong, that's right. No, 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 then you'll never have faith in God. Then you'll never have faith in Christ. Church, what, you, what am I saying? It's time for us to realize sin is not an issue, it's time for us to grow up. Only the mature believers are going to be able to constantly, consistently hear the voice of God, also known as the Holy Spirit, and follow him. To do what God has called you to do requires the ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Where am I getting that from? Jesus said, I don't say nothing unless God tells me to. I don't do nothing unless the Spirit leads me. His preaching and teaching and his healing and, and ministry was all Holy Spirit-led. And for you to try to be a Christian without the leading of the Holy Spirit is for you to now become a performance-based Christian. I am doing what I think is right, but not what he's saying. I'm standing up preaching scriptures, but I'm not ministering the word. That's what we got to be careful of. If you understand that, say amen. Let's keep going. As we, uh, yeah, get ready to finish this up. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. So you are free, like I said, from your old sinful nature. Colossians 2, 2 13, we're going to read a few scriptures, so my scripture people just hang with me. It says, you were dead because of what? Your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Keep going. Then, that's that word again, God made you what? Alive. With who? Christ. When he rose, so did you. You were dead because of sin, but when Christ rose, you did too. Did you hear that? When Christ rose, you did too. Whether you believe in him or not, you rose when he rose. That takes effect in your life when you believe. See, this is, this is hard for some people to wrap their heads around. There are people living out there that this applies to and they have no idea that when he rose, they rose too. But what makes it turn on in their life is believing. You got to be careful with that because some people say, well, then everybody's saved. No, 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 no. He saved everybody. The boat's there, but if you don't believe it's there, then you won't get on it. And that's the good news. The good news is, is all you got to do is get on a boat. All you got to do is believe in what he did. It says, then God made you alive in Christ for, read this with me, he forgave all our sins. How many sins are left unforgiven? Past, present, and future. He forgave all our sins. Is that fair? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You claim it. Yes. We deserve the punishment, but he already took it. That's why people, I, I tell you all the time, that's why when people start worshiping Jesus, they get to crying and weeping because they realize he took that mess I did 20 years ago. He took that stuff I did last night. He, gonna, he already took the stuff you're going to do tomorrow. Sin is no longer an issue in your life. 
Verse 14. He canceled the record. He, oh, my God. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. There's no record of your sin. You've been looking at just the penalty. They like, what? There's no charges brought against you. No, no, you got to realize, some of, some of us are like, no, no, really, I, you got to realize they just showed me the sheet of charges. I'm sorry, ma'am, there is, I'm looking right now, there are no record of any charges against you. No, but please put me into the cell because I know what I did. Well, you may know, but we don't know. Heaven don't know. No, you're not going to get to heaven and Peter's going to be sitting there with a scroll full of your sins. Grace took care of that for you. Some of y'all are reminding stuff to God in prayer time that he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Lord, I'm so sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have did that. He's like, did what? Because you're united with Christ. So when I see you, I just see Jesus. As soon as you start realizing that, your mind can be open to be renewed. Now, I'm just telling you what the words, am I not just reading the scriptures to you? Well, I mean, you know, maybe you just need to read it in the King James. Because you know them translations, you know. You can read it in the King James, the Amplified, the ERV, the ABC, and whatever else you want. That don't change the truth that he canceled the record of charges against you. You go home and study that. I'm already out of time. I need to tell you the truth so you can walk by this truth. Speaking of that, can I have two more minutes to finish this? The thing. Is that all right with y'all? Just two more. Y'all, somebody put two on the clock. Just, just give me two. No, give me three. Just three. Give me three, and I'm, I promise you I'm going to stop at three. All right, let's go. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Verse 15. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He embarrassed every devil, every demon, everything that was talking against you, everything that wanted to come against you. He's already broke them down and he shamed them. Nothing left for you to do. Vengeance was his and it's done. You are good to go because of what Jesus did on the cross. You got to make a choice today that I'm going to admit and confess that all is well in my life because of Jesus. Verse 16. So, because of all that, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. Y'all thought I was playing about that margarita. Some of y'all gonna go today and you gonna go have you a margarita. <laughs> ah, Papazitos better watch out today. Uh, or for not celebrating certain holy days. Now I know for my pious people, you know, and everything, that might be a little. A little, little hard to hear, but, but it says don't let anybody condemn you for what you eat or drink. And, and, and in context, they were talking about people not eating and drinking certain stuff under uh, Jewish law and all that type of stuff. But the principle is the same. He's like, listen, stop getting caught up in all of this. It says, or for not celebrating certain holy days, uh, Sabbath and all that, or new moon ceremonies, or keep going, or Sabbaths. What he's saying is, is stop letting people beat you up for not following the law for not following their rules. Why? Because Jesus already took care of all that. He's the actual truth we should be following. Verse 17. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself, Christ himself 
is that reality. I'm not following no stupid shadows. Why? Because I got the real thing, baby. I am following Christ. And I am, I, what has a shadow ever done to you? Nothing. But Christ has changed you. Verse 18. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial of the worship of angels. Verse 19. Saying, oh, sorry, yeah, uh, saying that they have had visions about these things, their sinful minds have, been, uh, have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ. That's, that, that, that'll wake you up. You're telling me if I'm following somebody who's preaching the law and who's uh, doing all these rules and stuff like that, that person's not even hooked up with Christ. You better make some changes. Well, I like to listen to a little bit of both. That's called mixture. That don't work out too well. They're not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments. Keep going. And it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? Such as, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, self-effort, pious self-denial, performance, and severe body discipline. But they provide what? No help in conquering a person's evil desires. All that devotion, all that law, ain't helping you in no way, shape, form, or fashion because only Jesus can help you. Only God can transform you. Only grace can save you. And the answer today is understanding I am free from that sinful nature because of what grace has already finished concerning my life. If you understand that, say amen. 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 My three minutes is up, man. Praise God. Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. So we're going to get to number five on Wednesday. Oh, actually, no, when I get back, I'm going to be going on Wednesday. So when I get back on next Sunday, we'll start with number five, admitting that we're co-heirs with Christ, who is the lawful owner of all things. I'm telling you, these admissions, these truths, I'm coming out, these admissions, these truths, you got to get them. And you got to walk in them. You got to understand them. Because at the end of the day, they are keys to you seeing the victory that's already yours. Let me pray over you real quick. Would you mind raising your hands where you're at? Father God, I thank and praise you right now in the name of Jesus for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. They are victorious with nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. I declare that as they go out today, Lord, they go out in freedom. They go out victorious. And they will see the manifested blessing in their lives. I declare it and decree it that this is an amazing week, full of favor and full of you and full of victory. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. amen. 
Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for that. Well, family, we'll see you guys right after service. Uh, man, Pastor Melissa and I love y'all so much. And we are so honored just to be able to pastor you on behalf of Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys if you need to talk afterwards right down here. Otherwise, we love you guys so much. Danielle, come on up. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Amen. Awesome word. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, now we have an opportunity to, to respond to that word. Hallelujah. Through our giving. Amen. God has truly, truly blessed us. And I believe that you are seeing the manifestation of what God has already done in our life, right? And so now we can just take this moment to say, God, we are so grateful. And for our gratefulness, let us respond with what you have given to us, a portion of what you've given to us. Amen. So um, let's put up on the screen the way that we can give by text. Amen. That's up there. Also, there are envelopes on your pews that if you need to fill out and write that big check with all those zeros, we, we are grateful because we're doing some things in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, God, for every blessing that you have given us. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have something to sow on today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're not looking at the quantity of what we're giving, but God, you're looking at our heart right now. And so I thank you that this gift that we are giving to you is received, Heavenly Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that every need is met in every household. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may serve the people. Hallelujah. Amen. So also, we want to open up the altar right now. And just, we had a wonderful service, and I believe that God truly, truly spoke to our hearts. And I believe that a seed was planted on today. I know a seed was planted because it was planted in my life. And we're not going to walk out the, the same. We are forever changed. Y'all believe that? Amen. Amen. And so we want to open up to the altar to anyone who needs a church home, one, this is an awesome church where you're going to hear a dynamic word every Sunday and so that you can align your mind with what Christ has already done. If you want to join this church, we want you to come up here and be a part of what we're doing. Also, if you have not given your life to Christ, this is very, very important. We want you to be victorious here in this earth, but we want to see you in heaven as well. And so if you have not taken a moment to say, Lord, I believe in you, you're the son who God sent to this earth to pay the price that I can be in right standing with you, this is your opportunity to come to respond to that and then allow your mind to be changed. And if you have received Jesus Christ, but you have not been filled with the gift of speaking in tongues, how you can build yourself up in your, inner, in your holy faith, we want you to come to the altar as well and let us pray with you that you will receive that gift on today. Amen. So let us all stand. Well, first, let me give an opportunity before we sin. If there's anyone that would like to respond to that, let us please come forth right now. Amen. And now let us stand and let us just minister to one another. To, our, to whoever's sitting next to us or around us, be led by the Holy Spirit. Make sure everyone is okay. Does anyone need to come to the altar for those three things that I um, gave an invitation for? 
baptism, um, speaking in tongues. Amen. If you need a church home, and also if you want to give your life to Christ, any one of those three invitations, if you need to respond today, now is the opportunity. Hallelujah. Loving kindness towards me. It looks like we're all good in the house. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for that. We thank God that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, ready to live a victorious life. We should already be living a victorious life. So let us prepare to be dismissed. Amen. God, we are so thankful for what you have used our pastor to pour into us on today, God. We receive every word, God. And I thank you that it did not fall on follow ground. But God, I thank you, Lord God, that it will produce fruit in every person's life in Jesus' name. I thank you that as we walk out, we are blessed. We are victorious. We hear your voice, God. We know what to do. There is no confusion, God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that in this week, God, you're going to use us to minister to other people. It's not just about us, God, but as we go throughout our day, Heavenly Father, that we'll be concerned about your people, ensuring, making sure, Lord God, that they too are living the life that that you want them to live, God. So we thank you, and we declare your blessings are upon us. In Jesus' name, amen, and you are dismissed.